Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Amen. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Downtown Church this morning. You are welcome and your intentions are welcome. As we welcome you this morning, I want you to take a moment, please, and think about what are your intentions for our time together? Because you're bringing your intentions with you. I'm going to share mine. My intentions are to be present and to share in this moment with you. And I'm saying that out loud to you because later on in the service when we get to Holy Interruption, I want you to share your intentions with somebody. Walk up to somebody and share your intentions. See, there's something about sharing them that helps them to manifest, and we are a community. So let's share that together today. You are welcome to worship in this place. Let us pray. Lord, settle our minds, slow our breath, and open our hearts. We are here to worship. Amen. Let us stand and sing, please.
itself comes the point in the service where we acknowledge that we do sin and we do fall short. A wretch like me, like you, like us. We all are in need of God's forgiveness and we thank God for salvation. Let us pray the prayer of admission together you will find in your program. Forgiveness is knowing the whole truth and loving anyway. Lord, teach us to forgive. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive each other. Help us do the hard work of telling our whole truth so that we can be conduits of your grace and love and hear us as we pray together silently. Glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son, glory be to the Spirit, three in one. As it was in the beginning, and will be. and family, there's good news. We are forgiven, not because we deserve it, not because we earned it, not because we're better than anyone else, but because of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, and the blood of Jesus. We are forgiven. Amen. There's uh, plenty of things going on right now. You can look at the back of your program to see all the things. Pastor Lucas isn't here this morning because he's leading 15 adults backpacking somewhere in Western North Carolina. So prayers for their safety. Um, rerun bicycle ministry that's happening after church today at two o'clock. Um, and a few people have asked me if downtown church needs money. And you should just always assume that the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, the wooden bowls are by each door. Um, if you'd like to leave an offering, we would be really grateful for any amount. Lisa's back there, Vanna White, showing where it is. You can follow along with me. The scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke. We're in the middle of a sermon series on holy interruptions, and we've been paying attention to when we as humans interrupt Jesus. Well, today we get to see what happens when Jesus interrupts us. Listen now for God's word for you. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. 
So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him because Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried down and he was happy to welcome Jesus in his home. But all who saw it, they began to grumble. And they said these words, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and he said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is, Did He Go By Zach? I want to know if Zacchaeus had any nicknames, if he went by Zach. Because I'll tell you, having written his name about a hundred times this week, I still can't spell it right. It's got to be the reason why we don't baptize many babies with the Christian name Zacchaeus. Zach, sure, that's a lovely name. We don't get many Zacchaeus because it's a mouthful. Can you imagine being in kindergarten trying to spell Zacchaeus? as your name? Well, it's worth learning how to spell Zacchaeus because he takes center stage in our word from the Lord for us today. Zacchaeus, the man whose name made scripture, the man for whom we sing that song about a wee little man up in a tree, I guarantee that is not how he would like to be remembered. We learn pretty quickly what everyone thinks about this man Zacchaeus. He is a chief tax collector. He is rich. He is short. And he is a sinner. In the eyes of everyone watching, Zacchaeus is what he has done. And he can't be a part of what he does, his role, taking money from others who really don't want to give it to him and maybe don't have it to give. He is his net worth, his, he is rich, and people, they don't like him because of that. He's unapproachable, he doesn't belong among the masses. And we can tell that the crowd doesn't like him because generally speaking, if someone is shorter, we let them go towards the front, right? We can look over someone who's shorter, but they don't do that. Or if, if he could have bought like a front row seat to see this new celebrity Jesus passing by, he would have done that. But this motley crew of disciples, they hadn't learned how to make money off of their friend Jesus yet. They don't like him. They don't like him. And so he has to resort to climbing a tree, a grown man climbing a tree. We're told that the crowd despises him because he is a sinner. Everyone inside and outside this text, so including all of us, we get interrupted when Jesus chooses to stay at his house. There were other options. 
Verse seven says, all who saw it began to grumble and said things like, Jesus has gone to stay at the, as a guest of one who is a sinner. We all know what that's like. We can put ourselves in the crowd easy. All of us has, have judged someone who has more wealth than we do. Oh, she's a doctor. Oh, she's that kind of doctor. Quick Google search. We think we know everything there is to know about her. We know the quick judgments of the crowd, but it's when we step into the shoes of Zacchaeus that we learn that some of us know what it's like to feel like him too. I like to imagine that Zacchaeus' shoes were like some really nice loafers, real leather, you know, the kinds that you don't need to wear socks with, they're that good. And if we walk around in in Zacchaeus' shoes for a while, it feels good feels really good. We can tell that the people around us are, are looking at us, that they're envious of what's covering our toes. They're envious of us. But it wouldn't take long for us to realize how lonely that life really is. How few friends Zacchaeus really has. You know, friends that aren't trying to smooth him to get more money or to cut some deal so they don't have to pay as much tax. And he knows that his friends at work aren't really friends because all they want to talk about is work with him. They're not interested in hearing about the tree that he planted in his backyard or the horrible blind date he took last Friday. They only want to talk about work. They don't ask him any questions about his childhood or what dreams he has for the future. No, they only want to talk about work, whatever is going to benefit them. Zacchaeus, he's used to these snide remarks and shade thrown his way. It's part of the reason he climbed the tree to see if it's true. If Jesus is going to look at him any different. Jesus does. Jesus already knows his name, Zacchaeus. His stature precedes him. And the first words out of Jesus' mouth matter, y'all. They reveal to us that Jesus sees Zacchaeus not for what he has done, but for what he will do, for his potential. Most immediately, Jesus sees Zacchaeus as his host because he's inviting himself over for dinner. And it's the first time in a long time Zacchaeus has been around other humans who see him that way. No one has wanted to spend time with Zacchaeus on those terms. I like thinking about how quickly Zacchaeus scurried down that tree. Like he might've just jumped, you know, pretty certain that Jesus would heal any bone in his body that might break. Eager, Zacchaeus leads Jesus to his home. He calls ahead to make sure the meal is prepared. Can y'all imagine walking Jesus into your home? What would he say about the art on your wall? Which book would he pull off of your bookshelf and just begin to flip through? Does he offer to set the table or to clear it? Does he comment on how good the food is? I don't know. I don't know, but I'd wager that in the midst of his looking at everything at your home, he takes time to look at you, at each of us directly in the eyes and and he sees our pain. And he sees the loneliness 
and he sees the hopes and the fears and every thought that goes through our head. And he interrupts us. And when that happens, I'd imagine that we, like Zacchaeus, we might want to part with some things right then and there because we've been so seen by him. Maybe we'd want to part with the negative self-talk, you know, all the things that we say to ourselves when nobody else is watching. We relive those painful memories like to torture ourselves. Maybe we'd want to part with that. Maybe we'd want to part with some shame we feel about something that we did one time. And like Zacchaeus, we want to be seen for something good for once. Maybe we're ready to part with the loneliness that comes, not with having people around you, but being truly seen, having true friends. Maybe we want to part with the loneliness that comes with a certain level of success, the the fear that comes when we feel lost in our own skin. Maybe we want to part with some money. Realizing that there's need around us and that the few extra dollars in our wallet could do some good. When Jesus interrupts Zacchaeus, y'all, he's ready. In just a few minutes of talking with with Jesus, Zacchaeus gives a number, which means that he had already been thinking about giving some of his wealth away. He'd already met with his financial planner. He'd already decided the exact amount he wants to part with. And he didn't just identify the amount he wanted to write down on a check, y'all. He did the emotional work of actually letting it go. That's not easy. It's faithful, but it's not easy. Zacchaeus gives money away not from shame or guilt, not because he feels responsible or it's expected of it. He gives it freely and joyfully. And get this, y'all, I find this fascinating. Jesus doesn't even ask for it. Did y'all notice that in the text? Jesus doesn't ask Zacchaeus for money. No, he looks at him differently. And then Jesus probably makes the disciples frustrated by tacking on a few days on the agenda. He goes and he stays in Zacchaeus' home and he shares a meal with him. But Zacchaeus is the one who responds. Zacchaeus is the one who's ready to be seen for what he will do and not what he has done. Zacchaeus is ready to be interrupted and to change the community around him to be a better reflection of the kingdom of God. Have you ever felt like Zacchaeus? Have you ever felt like you have something to give, some gift? Maybe it's not money, maybe it's a part of who you are, but you just don't feel like anybody sees you yet. There's a modern day Zacchaeus by the name of Rebecca. Rebecca is the new owner of the Richmond Premier Football League in Britain. Y'all know I'm talking about the show Ted Lasso. Rebecca took over this Premier League in the divorce from her ex-husband, Rupert, who cheated on her. And in order to get back at him, she has made it her life goal to tear this soccer team apart from the inside out. So she hires this American football coach by the name of Ted Lasso, who knows nothing about soccer, to come in and accomplish her goal. And Rebecca, she's the boss now, right? She is wealthy. 
She is confident and she is driven by her anger. Her desire to seek revenge on her ex, it is just leaking out and hurting every person around her. And yet, even in her pain, even in the ways she hurts the people around her, these these people keep coming closer to her, closer than she wants. They become her friends and they start encouraging her to be the person they see her to be. Even when they find out what she has done, they they just keep pushing her to be who they need her to be, who the community needs her to be. Makes me curious if Zacchaeus had a friend, at least one like those Rebecca has. One friend who saw something in him that nobody else did. Maybe it was his financial planner who doesn't scoff at his plan to give away half of his wealth. He had to have somebody because when Jesus passes by, he is ready. He is ready to be interrupted. He's ready to part with half his wealth. He's ready to be the person in the community that makes the the community look more like the kingdom Jesus imagines. If any of that resonates with you, Jesus is interrupting you. He's interrupting me. He's looking at us and when he does, there are things that we gotta part with. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it is loneliness. Maybe it's fear that's holding us back. And when we do, there will be ripple effects outside of our homes, yes. There will be ripple effects that affect not just downtown church, but the city of Columbia, the world, y'all. But first, before those ripple effects, it's gonna open the floodgates inside each one of us. Theologian Henry Nouwen, he writes about this fear of letting go. He describes faith as like swinging from a trapeze. That's how you say it, trapeze, trapeze. (laughs) He's swinging, right? And there comes this moment where you're supposed to let go and you're supposed to fling yourself with purpose to be caught by the catcher. And he says, faith is just like that. Faith is just like that and we're all swinging and there comes a moment where we are supposed to let go of our harness and fling ourselves with purpose toward our catcher, our savior, who is Jesus who catches us. Zacchaeus was ready. That is the word from the Lord for us today. Zacchaeus was ready to be caught by Jesus. He was ready to be interrupted and respond. And the question God has for us is, are you, am I, are we? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.
Let us pray. Holy God, our creator, thank you for your son Jesus, who came to seek out and save the lost. Here we are, Jesus, save us. Who came to seek out and save the anxious. Here we are, Jesus, save us. Who came to seek out and save the lonely. Here we are, Jesus, save us who came to catch those who are willing to let go. Here we are, Jesus, catch us. Since Jesus is willing to be the guest of sinners, here we are, Jesus, you are welcome. As we strive to position ourselves to see Jesus, we are thankful our stature and status do not matter. We don't have to look over anyone, through someone, or down on anybody. No matter where we are in the crowd, we can all see Jesus in our hearts and in the hearts of each other. We pray that all people receive Jesus in their hearts and all people will see Jesus in the hearts of others. And hear us now as we pray together the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand with me for our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. You can find it in your program. Friends and family, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing.
Amen. As we go from this time of worship together, may the peace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.